1: Welcome back to the show. Today we have Rain Steinberg. He's the CEO and co-founder of Arca Funds. Rain, welcome back to the show.
2: Great to talk with you again, Kevin.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to have you back on the show for, for kind of a part two. I, I feel very much like we ran out of time the first time, and we only covered maybe half of what I really wanted to talk to you about. But maybe before we get into part two, Do you want to just give us a little bit of your background, where you grew up, where you went to school, and kind of how you got to ARCA Funds?
2: Sure, uh, I can do that.
1: Um, I'm a native New Yorker.
2: Um, I grew up in New York City, Manhattan, uh, most of my life. Um, I went to uh, the Dalton School uh, for my younger years, and then University of Pennsylvania uh, Wharton uh, for my college.
1: What did you take in college and why?
2: Um, I so was a Bachelor of Science in Economics uh, with a concentration in finance. Okay. Our family w- has just always been very involved in uh, financial services, gotcha. and uh, my father was very involved with Wharton. So we all, we all went to UPenn.
1: Oh, very cool, man. So walk me through your career up until ARCA Funds, and then why, what exactly is ARCA Funds, and why did you des- decide to start it up?
2: Sure. So um, I got out of college um 2000, 2001. Okay. Uh, right into the bursting of uh, the internet bubble. Sure. And uh, Wharton is very much a feeder school for investment banks. Right. And, you know, going into those uh, banking programs, but it's, uh, it was just poor timing. Uh, <laughs> sure. At the, at the time, it felt like poor timing, um, but I think it was actually very fortuitous that I didn't go that route. Um, so immediately out of school, I started working. Uh, with my brother um, at Wisdom Tree, okay. and that's uh, when we founded Wisdom Tree. And that was pretty much uh, the next ten years of my life was building Wisdom Tree, the Exchange Fund Company.
1: Very cool. So walk me through that transition into Arca Funds and what exactly Arca Funds is.
2: Sure. So um, w- I love working at Wisdom Tree, and really the whole the premise was, you know, great financial service products for everyone, transparent. Sure. liquid, best of breed. Um, so that's always been uh, my ethos. Interesting. Uh, the flip side of it, though, is working with um, a family member, you know, is a whole different uh, sure. level of intensity. So it was just nice to um, change our relationship back to purely, uh, you know, just personal family stuff. Right. And that, that was the impetus to really leave Wisdom Tree. Okay. And I went into some high fee product hedge funds and never really... Uh, found the same connection, uh, you know, with Lofi, really great transparent product. And this was in New York. And it actually spurred me to move out to California um, just to try some different things. And I had always been watching crypto. Okay. Um, it came on my radar during the financial crisis. Sure. Uh, but it really wasn't ready for prime time. When I got out to California in 2015, it was. Um, you know, the ecosystem had exploded um, just in complexity, uh, you know, the type of people that were involved. And I very much saw a similar opportunity to Wisdom Tree to create um, financial service products um, with this new technology. Uh, and similar to the ETF, you know, more transparent, more liquid, um, you know, a better product for investors. Uh, that's what I saw um, in crypto. Uh, and I really saw an opportunity to do something similar to Wisdom Train Crypto.
1: Sure. And and we cover that kind of in depth in, in part one. But I want to mm-hmm. maybe talk a bit more about your investment strategy and how do you guys actually go about deciding which cryptocurrency to invest in? Because there's a ton of them.
2: Yes, yes, um, absolutely. So our flagship product, the first one is our Digital Assets Fund which is a hedge fund. Um, and hedge fund is you know just a structure, um, a GP, general partner, and limited partner structure where the GP is the company and the okay. limited partner are the investors. And in this, um, we only have qualified institutional buyers and high net worth individuals. Okay. And when we talk about crypto at this stage, and if anybody's been paying attention, uh, 2018 was a completely <laughs> different experience sure. uh, for crypto investors than uh, 2017. Sure. Um, the volatility is such that we don't really feel at this juncture as an investment um, that it's appropriate for the general retail public. So this is why we have the hedge funds and why we have qualified institutional buyers and high net worth individuals. So that's our first gate is the investor sophistication and liquidity um, we think is, appro- is appropriate only for high net worth individuals at the moment. Okay. And um, both- so then on
1: our – yeah, go ahead. And-, and why do you say that just out of curiosity?
2: Um, not that it's not in, that it's not um, appropriate for retail investors to get involved. I encourage everybody to do. We can talk about that a little bit later. Sure. But the level of care um, and the stuff that you actually have to do in this space um, for safety of your funds, um, for really getting up to speed, is quite a high hurdle, and it's not really the way we're set up. And you know, this is kind of the um, the ethos of Arca, which is really to destruct without destroying, um, is to move that ball down the field. Uh, There's a lot of blocking and tackling to do in here, um, both technologically and also with people's uh, footing. You know, these are people that are used to centralized systems uh, where you lose your password, you call somebody. None of that exists here.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: this is, you know, so a lot of the retail investor were attracted to this by, you know, the 10x returns of 2017. Um, right. less, less exciting in the down 90% of 2018. So even in the investment, uh, the, you know, the volatility of the asset class is just, if you're a, a retail investor and you put, um, let's say a hundred percent of your retirement savings into a, just a Bitcoin IRA, let's say at the beginning of the year, um, that's a retirement, um, account that has been vaporized, um, and, you know, I don't want to do anything like that or lead people to this without just having their eyes open.
1: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm curious to know, how do you actually work with your clients to in- invest their money? Sure. And what so kind of services you provide? Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. So the
2: um, for this product, let's focus on the hedge fund product first. Then we can talk okay. about um, sure. some of the exciting things in the blockchain that we're doing. But in the hedge fund, um, the, the flagship product is a digital assets fund. Okay. So we focus in the mandate. We can invest in the top 100 currencies um, by market cap. So that's your first gating uh factor. Okay. We narrow the universe of investable um, coins down to 100. Um, and then we do fundamental research um, on those 100 coins. So we're looking at the development team. Uh, activity uh, of the development community. What are the incentive systems of the coin The tokenomics? What is the utility? uh, What is the experience of, you know, basic stuff uh, of early stage venture type of, uh, you know, due diligence. And we have a team uh, led by our uh, head of research, Katie Talati, who has experience um, in the crowdfunding and early stage venture. So there's that aspect a very, Um, traditional uh, financial service due diligence and then married with that uh, we have a team of developers uh, sitting side by side with our uh, research team uh, who actually go through the code who are actually working on our products and projects um, in these same environments interacting with those teams which you really have to do yeah with this because they're not just um, securities they're not just um, financial service products they're also technology products so there's a level of um, knowledge that is really hard to find in one person. Very rarely do you find a financial service uh, like research analyst who's also a world-class uh, developer. Yeah, it's just not you know, you know, things that you find in the same person. And you also don't even really find them kind of in the same companies. So this was um, kind of our aha moment on that fundamental research process that you really had to combine those two. Sure. Um, not holding one over the other and really have a synergistic experience there. So that's the due diligence of those coins. So once they pass um, that step, um, that would be uh, the research team makes a case for the coin being included in the portfolio. Um, it goes to investment committee. Um, and then it's a risk management practice. And I think this is where of our Wall Street and financial service background uh, really serves us well because a lot of the original crypto funds uh, came very much from the technology space and not so much from the asset management space. So picking um, the uh, constituents of the fund um, and that investment process is one thing in the technology side, but then there's a whole risk management uh, process of just managing a portfolio. Um, and while that is fairly common in the traditional financial service world. It's rather um, unique in this world for people to have a heavy risk management um, overlay, um, to really understand uh, that you're trying to limit volatility in these portfolios, that clients, the type of people that we're talking to, institutions, high net worth individuals, um, yes, everybody loves 10x. Everybody loves down 90. Yeah, Um, How do you mitigate the downside while you're waiting for what we think is going to be a very, very big asymmetric return. Sure. Um, but you don't really want to ride that up and down during this period. So uh, we're trying to capture about 30 to 40% of the downside and 80 to 90% of the upside. And so far, uh, that's about what we've done. Interesting. Um, in wow. the fund. Yeah.
1: So this might be kind of a stupid question, but the fact sure. that it's all digital... And it's not it's not like I can just give you a physical thing and you potentially give me back a physical thing. How do you manage because I'm not saying you would necessarily do this, but if I buy cryptocurrency and I give you my private keys, well, like whoever has access to my private keys can wipe out everything. Right. And and take it for themselves. And I have nothing to i can't really do anything about that so how do you work with your clients and other people to make sure that they trust that you're not just going to walk away with their their pr- private keys right and and just take the crypto that you sure. make
2: so the way the hedge fund structure works is uh you sign an lp agreement with us and okay. you fund it um with we have a minimum million dollar investment but okay you know, that's um, we can do other things as long as you get there eventually, but right. you give us, you transfer that money and that is your initial investment. You get a mark in the fund at that point okay. and then all the stuff that goes on on our side is our wallets, our exchange relationships, ah. our bank account relationships, okay. and you get a monthly statement just like any other fund okay. where it tells you how your uh, investment is done. When okay. you want your money back, you, you give us a redemption uh, notification. And we send it back. So we're not managing your cryptocurrency wallets. We're Ah, managing ours and managing money for
1: you. Okay, so it's not really any different than any other uh, traditional kind of investment where I send them money and they handle it. I get that's a very oversimplification, but is that a correct statement?
2: That's 100% correct. This is all the protections that you have in that space um, you have here. Okay. Um, that's exactly the
1: way this works. Okay. So, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. So, I'm curious to dive into what are your thoughts on buying cryptocurrency for retirement? It, it doesn't have to necessarily be what you guys do with, with ARCA, but what are your thoughts on that? Because I keep reading all these articles that, that say, you know, you should bu- buy cryptocurrency and as potentially one of your retirement verticals. And I I don't know how I feel about that. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah. um, The way I view it is it's a diversification play when you're talking about retirement, Um, that right now, um, while it seems very risky and like I said, inappropriate for unsophisticated investors, um, There is a scenario where you have real financial service disruption. Um, This is where you get the doomsday people, uh, gold, barter, um, crypto. (laughs) There's really, um, we have no evidence. We don't know what happens in a catastrophic event like that. Are people still running computers? We have no idea. Um, But I do think that there's a space for an uncorrelated, potentially um, outsized return-like asset in that type of environment, um, that crypto totally could be. So, a small um, piece of your allocation that is almost like an insurance policy against something like that happening.
1: Okay. No, that that makes sense, right? I, I think it's kind of like anything. You shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket, especially if you're saving for retirement. And that's what you guys do. We talked about it kind of in the first uh, part that you only take a small percentage of somebody's investment portfolio to put into crypto, right?
2: I mean, we would if a client was desirous of giving us 100% of their um, allocation here and, and wanted to do that, we would do that. But that's not really the type of clients that we're speaking to sure um, have you know large investment portfolios, and this is generally a small part and we think that that is a very good strategy um it's It's unclear whether um, you would want a massive allocation to crypto here um, sure I think there's going to be you know as it matures, things are going to be different, but right now it's very nascent, and we really don't know the direction it's going to go so i you know careful here um diversification it's a you know one tool in your quiver of you know financial allocations
1: yeah and and even just the whole blockchain space is kind of very new right and so you don't even really necessarily know how that's going to play out in the next few years either right is that fair to say
2: Absolutely. You do not know the next few years. It's hard to even to get visibility into the next, like, six months to a year, I would say. Sure. Interesting. What I would say, though, though, is I truly do believe, though, that this is a revolutionary technology that will change uh, the way we do financial services. And you do want some exposure to it. And this is human beings... Um, are not wired really to <laughs> make these decisions, so <laughs> sure. um the time that people want to be investing in Bitcoin and uh, crypto and all the excitement was between ten thousand and riding up to twenty thousand sure now that you're getting the opportunity to buy the same asset at a fraction one tenth of per- perhaps a price of less than a year ago, sure, there is much less desire to do so yeah, so sure. Um, You know, like the people that make a tremendous amount of money and the funds that have made a lot of money um, in other asset classes are really the ones that started uh, when asset prices were incredibly depressed. Um, So we may look back at this if the thesis does play out um, at this being a moment in time and not saying that you can't go lower, um, that this was a great time to be entering this market for sure.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. I I know um, just watching kind of friends and other people that were playing the market, it it was interesting to see the guys that bought pre a couple years ago and then when it went crazy right earlier in the year and then it kind of just tanked. Right. So it's interesting to to just hear the different types of stories that the people have that you even know firsthand. Right. So it's interesting. So, Agreed. So I'm curious though, and, and we talked about it last time, but I think it makes sense um, to cover it again. Why should people invest in uh, cryptocurrency? Because you you made some really good points last time, and if people don't listen to part one, I, I really want them to, to to get what you were you were talking about there and, and the learning side of things and, and, and your rationale for for everybody to buy a little bit of cryptocurrency.
2: Yeah, I really think um, that outside of even the investment, the really what's going on here is this transition of having custodians and other large entities um, as the gatekeepers to your power.
3: Okay. Um,
2: that's really what these digital assets and cryptocurrency is about. Okay. Um, if the thesis plays out, um, there is a world where all of the – Uh, trust centers, you know, uh, financial service companies, even governments, things like this, places where we all agree to collectively um, give our power and trust for efficiency, safety, security, and other things, that this technology, um, in theory at least, um, allows you to serve those functions, but without um, giving up that power. So the thing that you want by experimenting this and having your own wallet and your own keys is really learning what it's like to be a custodian of your own value um, and kind of the things that you have to do to safeguard it. Uh, Because if you don't take those precautions, um, you know, you can lose uh, quite a bit. Sure. um, 100% of whatever, you know, keys that you lose. So it's better to start with a small amount, um, get used to what you'd have to do there and see if the benefits for you um, outweigh uh, working with, um, you know, a central institution. Sure. These things never really come up while things are going well. Yeah,
3: um, interesting. That's,
2: the, you, you, yeah that's the problem with this is um, maybe nothing ever happens and sure. everything is fine. Okay, um, but if something does happen, um, you're not going to be prepared. It's like earthquake um, and those type of preparations. Right. Everybody, you know, yeah, wants to have your water and bug out bag and all those things, but nobody really wants to do it. Um, pre-earthquake. So so. get used to being your own custodian, get used to um, taking power back. I would also like think about even things outside of the financial service world. Um, We've given a tremendous amount of our information um, and things like that to, uh, you know, the big social media companies, Google, Um, all of a sudden people are starting to realize is this trade-off that we're making for convenience and speed um, does it actually outweigh what you're losing on the privacy and power side? Sure. And maybe some of these entities that we think are quite benign um, have their own agendas. And, you know, it's just people there um, that have their own agendas. So um, start to think about the stuff that you find very valuable and want to keep your own.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you mentioned a, a small amount of money what would you recommend is a small amount of money, like $10, $20,
2: $100? Sure. Um, on the Yeah, I would say the, the beauty of Bitcoin and all of these digital currencies is they're almost uh, infinitely divisible. Sure. So, you know, you can get, in a learning experience, um, you can get just as much done with $10 in Bitcoin sure. as 100 Um. Sure. So I would say, yeah, just start with something that you wouldn't mind losing. Sure. And, you know, start to interact with the ecosystem. Get a wallet, um, you know, get bread, get Abra, and, you know, fund it. Sure. Um, try reseeding it from one device to another. Um, you know, work on keeping your private keys secure and just start to do some things like that. And then, you know, start to interact with the ecosystem of sending, you know, a little Bitcoin to somebody somewhere else in the world for nearly costless transactions and nearly instantaneously and not having a banking intermediary. And, you will know, all of a sudden see that there's actually a lot of things that you can do in this ecosystem that normally um, the type of headaches you have to deal with banking and all of this other stuff that you don't have to do here. Yeah. Um, and so you can start to see the utility and um, you know, why there is this excitement,
1: um, about it in general yeah no i i think that's really good advice but i i think it's a good time to talk about some investment strategies either from what you guys are doing or, or what advice do you give people that are looking to maybe do it on their own because i know you guys work with high net worth individuals but can you walk us through some some investment strategies or ideas that people should try or, or that you guys try
2: sure um so, like I said, in our investment strategy is a fundamental bottoms-up approach um, with risk management. Right. Um, on the on the investment side, if you're investing um, in this as a retail person, sure. I think it's very difficult. It's even more difficult than um, individual stock selection um, in uh, like normal uh, financial services or equity investing. So, to to invest your own portfolio, there uh, doing research and things like that. There's a whole level of sophistication and um knowledge that is difficult to procure without a, a tremendous amount of work. Sure. The problem here is that the the, the fundamental values of the system aren't even established yet.
3: Yeah, it's hard for
2: anybody to even say um why this would succeed or you know what's driving it. so for a retail person, um I would say. Uh, start investing in the larger currencies, uh, things like Bitcoin, okay. um, and maybe a a regular allocation um, into a, you know, a pool of Bitcoin at the moment. I okay. think, I really do think that there will be uh, Bitcoin around. Okay. And you will actually get some, if it's not going to be around or something is changing there, there will be a lot of at least visibility into that decision. So you you wouldn't have to pay tremendous attention to this because that's the thing in this space is it can happen very fast, and if you're not paying attention to it um, daily, if it's like your job, uh, <laughs> then it yeah. could be a problem. For for high net worth individuals, I really do recommend them finding a, a portfolio manager or some investment uh, practice that they like, so somebody's uh, you know it aligns with the way they think about it. Um, They like the person's research process, or if it's algorithmic trading, um, something like that. And then I would also anybody that you, uh, you know, give money to in this space um, be, you know, check out their biographies and background and also pay, pay attention to their security custody um, and the way they talk about due diligence.
3: Uh, Because
2: even outside of, um, in the investment, um, you know, practice, the custody, security, um, safekeeping of the actual assets, um, because you, again, like you're your own custodian um, as yourself, but the, the investment manager is also basically their own custodian. Yeah, in this interesting. Um, yeah, so you, there's just as much, you want just as much rigor around their security procedures as as their investment procedures, because that could actually, be you know outweigh anything that they would do on investment could be swamped by you know a hack or something like that so you know make sure that they're very buttoned up in that Um, and that's why that's one of the the reasons why when i talk to high net worth individuals even sophisticated investors i really recommend that they're doing this for investment to um give it to an investment professional because when you're talking about millions of dollars um do you really want to be um, dealing with private keys, hot wallets, yeah. um, you know, custody and things like that. Um, I would say no at the moment for large, sophisticated investors.
1: Well, I think part of the challenge with all that stuff you just outlined is you need to be somewhat technical to set all that stuff up and maintain that and make sure your private keys get stored in the right spots, right? So they don't actually get leaked or hacked or or whatnot, Right.
2: Exactly. While, um, Bitcoin, um, just to use the example is, is sure. very secure. Um, most of the problems in the entire space are with individuals or institutions points of security. So yeah, somebody being ca- careless with their own computer, um, that getting hacked, uh, you know, things like that. So people just aren't used to having such a high, um, you know, like a high, like really high, uh, Different outcomes based on computer security. You normally, okay, you get hacked. Um, you know, you call somebody, you change your passwords. It's inconvenient. It's not um, value destroying of millions of dollars generally.
1: Yeah, or you lose your USB key, right? Like with your private keys on, and yeah. then they're just gone. It's over.
2: Uh, yes. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Building the Future. This show is heard by more than a million people monthly in over 15 markets worldwide, including Silicon Valley. Kevin Horrocks' guests are leading business owners, successful entrepreneurs, and merchandisers worldwide. Now, your brand has an opportunity to tap into this dedicated and active group of business people who are looking for places to invest and the right opportunities to support. Find out how you can get involved at buildingthefutureshow.com.
1: I'm curious to get your thoughts on what about mining your own cryptocurrency. Do you have an opinion on whether people should do that or not do that, or is, are you kind of indifferent?
2: Um. Well, right now, you <laughs> it would mining for profit. Yeah. Um, is really difficult. Sure, um, yeah. With the prices where they are. Sure. Um, I recommend it though for a learning experience. Okay. And to understand um, hashing. Um, reward systems mechanisms that this is the type of stuff that I think is even more important um, especially for smaller people is to get familiar with this technology and understand more fundamentally how it works so I would recommend somebody mining but not um, I wouldn't count on it for a source of income Okay. <laughs> um, sure. but I would recommend them checking it out um, seeing how different reward oh. systems works. Cause that's really the interest. Now you get to the interesting part about this is that these things are also um, incentive mechanisms to use the currency and to mine it. Okay. Um, we're still creating uh, these incentive mechanisms. We right. don't re- even really understand, um, you know, how they work. Uh, what's going to be the ones that uh, survive. Uh, what are the best incentive mechanisms? So, it's very interesting for people that are interested in behavioral economics or just, um, you know, finance and economics in general, to really, you get to see kind of real-world experimentation on the adoption of, you know, economic models. Sure. So that is very interesting, and I think that that's just broadly um, taking more power back for people. Be more interested, be more engaged, uh, get in and do something like that, for sure.
1: So for people that don't understand... How does mining actually work and and how do you even really do it? Sure.
2: So it works um, by basically using a computer mm-hmm. um, to solve complicated uh, mathematical problems, um, and these mathematical problems are wrapped. This is how the um, the transactions are verified. Great. so it's basically just a brute forcing. Um, of computer power um, on these financial puzzles. And then when the right one is returned, uh, it's called hashing, right. um, you are, you or the mining pool is given a Bitcoin reward. Right. Um, so that is, that's basically how it works. And now there, there are many specialized um, computers and graphics cards that are basically designed just to do this as efficiently as possible. So sure. more and more efficient uh, computing is being brought to bear on this all the time. Sure. So this is why it's really hard for retail people um, to use, you know, non specialized equipment to, right. to do this. Um, because you know, there's a there's an electricity component, a time component of your computing power. And if you're not using the most efficient thing yeah. um, in usually large quantities, it's unlikely <laughs> that you will even ever get a reward honestly.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. And and you need a pretty good computer and expensive graphics cards and I don't know if anybody out there listening remembers, but earlier in the year there was a shortage of graphics cards like you couldn't buy certain graphics cards because they were the top graphics cards for for bitcoin mining or or I should say cryptocurrency mining. And there was a shortage. uh, At least locally there was. And I was reading online a bunch of people couldn't get certain graphics cards because there was such a shortage because of the the spike in people trying to mine their own cryptocurrency.
2: Absolutely. Um, That's what you see. Um, Crypto is no different than any other market. Bull markets attract everything. Um, The picks and shovels get very scarce. Now I've read articles about people selling um, mining equipment by weight.
1: Oh, (laughs) interesting!
2: Yes, so yes, prices have fallen to such a degree that miners are unloading um, some of their equipment um, by the pound. So it tells you, it shows you what a difference a year can make.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and like I know guys that make a few hundred dollars a month after they pay their electricity bill and all the other costs associated with that, and obviously that's not um a livable amount of money but it's pretty you can actually make a little bit of money if you kind of tweak your process refine your things keep up your hardware it's almost like and well you can correct me if this comparison is wrong but it's almost like buying a gaming computer you know if you want to play the latest and greatest thing on the highest settings you need to buy a new graphics card or computer or motherboard or, or hardware, other hardware, right, to stay up on top of it. It's kind of similar in the, the Bitcoin mining space. Is that a fair comparison?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, you, you can make a few hundred dollars a month. You can make more than that. Sure. Um, right. It's just right now with prices where they are, it's, it's very difficult. Um, but it's definitely, it's, that's a very good analogy
1: sure so i'm curious though where do you kind of see some of this stuff going because you guys are obviously investing in it you're doing development in the space obviously crypto and blockchain are really new but what what do you see the big kind of fascination and where do you think this is going i know this kind of gets more into the thesis side of things that you you keep mentioning but how do you kind of see the space and what do you kind of see is potentially going to happen in the next six months to a year beyond that?
2: Um, I really see a, a period of kind of consolidation and, um, you know, a, like a fallow period coming similar okay. to the kind of wipeout after uh, the dot-com crash. Okay. So you had all this excitement. Um, you know, pets. dot com, everything. dot com. Sure.
3: Yeah,
2: uh, you kind of had the same thing in crypto. Okay. Uh, lots of excitement, um, and now you have this kind of fallow period where um, a lot of the, I think, the hypier and not substantial ICOs that either had bad technology, bad theses or whatever, are just not going to be able to survive in a you know an environment where. You know, there's no enthusiasm and less new capital coming in. So you have this period where those less, um, I would say less viable projects are going to go away. Sure. But then you have the people, hopefully we're one of them, um, where you're doing fundamental things that are actually of value and utility um, to the broader system. So I think you get those type of projects go on and the people that were here um, to build serious things remain here. Because nothing has changed in the thesis or outlook of this. It's really just all asset price um, and valuation. Um, Everything is, you know, everything is more mature and better than it was at this time uh, last year. So I see this going along, um, bringing more and more people from the outside system um, into it. And I do also see, um, in a more macro sense, what's happening um, in the broader economy is the type of thing that will drive interest back to um you know crypto and blockchain this sure. um all of a sudden um apparently the stock market doesn't just go up um it can go down um you're seeing real um, issues in the emerging markets you're seeing real stress in the eu um yeah, you know, which brexit italy all of the, these, and these are, these are the large centralization projects um, of the globe. Um, you know, we always kind of thought we were just kind of marching more and more to one kind of centralized, unified, like kind of global authority. It seems like something is happening on the way to that. So I think if you actually see real dislocation in some major economies um, and maybe a funding or debt crisis here, um housing crisis that all of a sudden um, the you know your earthquake preparedness kit is going to come back in vogue, and you're you're going to see some some real interest uh, in crypto uh, spike and it will be actually much more ma- mature and useful um, when this this happens this time. So in the financial crisis, there was no nothing, and you had Bitcoin come out of that. Um, now you have an ecosystem of a, a lot of different actual useful things. Um, that can serve utility in a time of uh, you know systemic stress. So I see that those those things will uh, become in vogue as there's kind of an unwind in the in the broader markets.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's interesting, right? Because I, I think th- the thing that seems to me anyway just reading about the dot-com crash of the late 90s and early 2000s and kind of going through that and remembering that time, it seems like the companies, though, that had a solid business model sure lost a lot of money and some of them went under, but there's a lot of companies that pulled through it too, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, all the big boys that you see now uh, pulled through it. Yeah, and and even even ones, in, and just to be fair to like people that didn't, um, they might have had fine business models too, um, but sure. you know, in those type of downdrafts, a lot of people uh, get caught up. Wisdom Tree, uh, just to give a corollary, sure. we almost got um, kind of taken out in the financial crisis, and okay. um, you know, that was business model was fine. Um, sometimes, you know timing of broader markets and things like this, you may just not be prepared and capitalized appropriately to make it through um, these type of things. Uh, but the people that are well capitalized do have good business models and do survive, then really have kind of a cleared playing field. Think of Amazon,
3: yeah. um, you
2: know, started out with just books Yeah. and, you know, they, they traded, they lost, I think, 95% of their value um, oh, wow. in the dot-com crash. Right. Um, you would love to have picked up Amazon there. Uh, <laughs> the, the thing is, yeah. you just don't know it's going to become Amazon. And that's kind of the way I see this space. So, okay. um, you know, that's, that's why um, when I talked about like how to invest in it, it's difficult um, to pick winners sure. in this space for the, you know, the casual or somebody that's not paying a lot of attention. Uh, So that's why I recommend using an investment advisor to get broad exposure to this with somebody whose job it is to watch this stuff every day. Unless you're willing to do that, um, that's what I would recommend doing.
1: Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. It's interesting, right? Because the thing that's the most fascinating thing about the whole crypto space to me is being part of something that came out in your lifetime that will change almost everything not necessarily saying for better or worse it's just it will change everything and it might keep things similar or or completely different or somewhere in the middle of how we've done things with kind of money and and assets right is is that fair to say
2: Yeah, I think, I think that that's, I think that that's exactly right, for sure. It's almost,
1: to me, it's almost as important as the internet itself and how much the internet changed the world. This cryptocurrency um, blockchain space could be just as revolutionary. I get that it's on the internet, but, and without the internet, it probably wouldn't survive, but I think it's just as big of a thing. Do you, do you agree with that? Absolutely.
2: Um, in theory, that is what we're talking about, and um, a lot of people uh, use the analogy of the Internet being the democratization and the, the making the ubiquity of free and frictionless transfer of information.: Sure. Uh, people say the ultimate expression of blockchain and crypto would be the frictionless and nearly free, or as low-cost as possible transfer. Of value, so we're reaching a point where you can legitimately see um, that the ability to transfer um, actual, real, and provable ownership of things in the real world um, nearly frictionlessly and freely to anybody, and and you know, and and represent anything. It's not there yet, but just the way you know the internet started out with like a single email. And we all remember what our original uh, dial-up experience
3: yep. uh,
2: was like. <laughs> and, and, it, it, and it was hard to really see um, there. There were, were obviously visionaries that were like, oh, this is going to become ubiquitous, um, free everything and transfer. And you're like, okay, in my 9,600 uh, BPS
3: <laughs> dial-up. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, you know, downloading a 23K a uh, GIF took five minutes. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Whatever. So I think it's we're similarly um, in the uh, you know the, the ball game. I like I like to use the baseball
3: okay. analogy
2: that um, people say what inning are we in? I say we're not even um, the game hasn't started yet. Uh, baseball might not have even been invented yet.
0: Yeah, um, like we're
2: playing cricket or rounders somewhere. It's very far off, um, and this is even harder to do than the internet because value is much more you know, entrenched in real stuff. So this is going to be a longer project than, I think, the Internet. But I think just as transformative. And, um, you know, when we look back at these early days, um, it'll be similarly uh, kind of hilarious. And it's, um, you know, how we look at the early days of the Internet and how, you know, obviously raw and young that technology is and where it is now. I think we're going to see a similar trajectory, just longer it'll be a longer
1: period. Yeah, I agree. The other thing that I find interesting that I think a lot of people struggle to wrap their head around is digital assets can mean a lot of different things, right? And I know probably the easiest things to think about are if you buy a concert ticket or something and you don't actually print it off or it doesn't get sent to you in the mail anymore, you just scan it on your phone, right? And being able to trade different digital assets with either things in the physical world or other digital things or, or a hybrid of both is, is going to be really, really transformed by crypto and blockchain and all this entire space. Do you agree with that?
2: I do agree with that. And that's why I encourage people to interact with the ecosystem yeah, just so they can okay. start to understand. Yeah, the broadness of what these things mean and to really start to think about the current system that we have even outside of crypto and blockchain, because when we say digital assets, we're talking, you know, blockchain, crypto assets, they may represent something in the real world, they may not. But also, we're already completely in a digital asset world. When you talk about the money in your bank account, sure, um, there is no Scrooge and vault anywhere yeah, holding your money. It, you know, it's a ledger, just yeah. like blockchain. The only difference is it's guarded by your bank and they uh, manage, um, you know, what goes on there. There's nothing like if you think about security and things like that, a banking error um, like Monopoly style that wasn't in your favor, that there's no trace of, um, and this happens to people. Sure. Um, what what happens? So you're dealing with digital assets right now. It's really just um, who controls them. And And how they're transferred. So start thinking about the world and where this stuff resides, and that's why I encourage people you know to get involved.
1: No, I, I think that's really good, but we're kind of coming to the end of the show. So is there anything else that you want to mention before we close out the show?
2: Ah, uh, sure. just on uh, for ArCA, we talked mainly about the investment products, sure. uh, this time. Uh, yeah, we actually. Uh, just got back from Washington okay. and meeting uh, with the SEC oh, on cool. our ARCA U.S. Treasury Fund product, and this is just one of the steps, and I really view this space as um, not really competitive yet. I think okay. that we're all just trying to build the pie, so I encourage everybody uh, to keep innovating out there, but this is our first answer to um, giving a 1940 uh, SEC uh, you know, fund-backed product, the same uh, structure underpinning an ETF. Uh, so to give people of all stripes, um, you know, some comfort um, and, you know, you know, familiarity with products that exist right now in the real world and applying them to crypto. So I'm excited about that. Okay. Um, and cool. I, I really think that this time, um, for the people that make it through here, Um, We're going to look back at this time very similarly to, like, the wipeout of the Internet. And for the people that really believe in this technology and moving forward, uh, this is a great time to get involved. So um, for the people that haven't done anything yet, take a look now. Um, These are things in in life generally. um, When the hype dies down is a great time uh, to look at
1: things. No, I I think that's really good advice, and and congrats on the FCC thing. That's huge. Yeah,
2: I don't want to overstate it. Um, this was a initial meeting, um, sure. so
1: this but was still, just meeting right? with. Yes,
2: yes, it is. It is. Uh, we're very proud. Um, it was a tremendous accomplishment. The registration and the actual demo. Um, it was very well attended by multiple departments, and it was really, uh, you know, invigorating and you know, energizing to hear that the commission was taking our application so seriously and was really understanding what we were trying to do because it's this one product kind of is a little allegory for the whole space. It's combining technology, new technology with traditional financial services and then still living in the traditionally regulated world. And how do we evolve um, both the products and the regulatory side to you know, not stymie um, this new technology, uh, but also not uh, like abdicate their investor protection role as well, because it's still very important.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, and it's cool that they're taking this space seriously, right? Because I think a lot of bigger institutions are still very hesitant to even consider it. Have you found that?
2: Yes. For yeah. sure.
1: Yeah. So, no, it makes a lot of sense. But, uh, well, let's close the show again with mentioning where people can get more information about you guys and uh, any other links you want to mention?
2: Uh, no, just uh, visit us at ARCA, which is AR.ca. Um, we're going to be launching a new site soon, and there's going to be lots of materials and investor education and uh, stuff about the ARCA US Treasury Fund and our hedge fund product. So visit us there
1: very cool man well I again really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day you too have a great day thank you okay
0: bye thanks for listening please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community sign up for our newsletter or to sponsor the show the music is done by Electric Mantra you can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future